All right, good morning, Lifehouse family. How's everyone doing today? So good to see you. Man, you know, it is a special day today. We want to give it up for all moms. Can we just, just, come on, we can do better than that. Can we give it up for all moms and ladies here today? We celebrate you. We're grateful for you. We are thankful for you. Make sure before you get out of, of here today, you get flowers, you get a picture and you get lots and lots of hugs because you are just awesome. We love you, uh, appreciate you, and we celebrate you today. Also, if it, if it is your first time here, Lifehouse family, one more time, can we just get up for all of our first time guests? You are our VIPs, and we are honored that you are with us today. Before you go, please, please pick up your first time guest gift. It is a simple gesture by us just, just to say thank you for for coming and joining us today. Also, you saw there our night of worship is coming up on May 20th. It's going to be amazing. This is for everybody. So, so look, right now we've got about 13 or, or, or 14 people bapti- or signed up to be baptized. We've got a buttload of kids. I don't know how many are being dedicated. A, and, and a buttload, I don't know how big a buttload is, but it's, <laughs> a buttload is a lot. So we've got kids signing up to be dedicated. And look, we want to basically, as, as a church family, come out and celebrate. So come out Sunday, May 20th, 6, 6 p.m. at 311 Selden Road in Newport, in, in Newport News. We're going to come celebrate. So we need everybody there to come and, and celebrate what God is doing. It's going to be awesome. So look, we are in the second part today of, of a series we started last week called I Am fill in the blank. Now, and, and this series is all about identity. Because um, really, if you think about it, um, what defines you drives you. Okay? You have got a reason why you do what you do. Why you say what you say. Why you act the way you do. And typically, we think it's because outside things, outside forces, nurture, you know, this is the way that I was actually raised, blah, 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 which, which part of that is, is true. But also, I think it goes deeper than that into ultimately how you and I see and view ourselves. So we, we have got to really ultimately answer this, this question, I am, how would you fill that in? Because what defines you, drives you? Last week, we talked about a couple simple topics concerning identity. One was this. Um, you don't live for an identity. You live from your God-given identity. Okay, Meaning, if we try to live up to something we've created instead of something that God has given us, we miss it. And, 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 and because we have been given intrinsic worth by God, being created in God's image, we have got worth also, though we don't live for an identity, we live from it. We live from the God-given identity that he has given us. If you, didn't, if you were not here last week, I would, I would highly encourage you to check out the podcast, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Check that out. This week, though, we're going to get into some detailed identities that God gives you. The first one is this. I am loved. I am loved. Turn to someone and say, you are loved. 
Now turn to your second choice <laughs> and say to them this, even though you were my second choice, <laughs> you are still loved. <laughs> you are loved. You are loved. Have, have you ever heard something that just sounded too good to be true? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh yeah. Can you say timeshare? <laughs> timeshare. But I mean, you just know where you have heard something and it's, and it's like, that's too good to be true. Like, you know, that sounds good. Sounds amazing. That's going to cost me how much and I'm going to get what out of it? And you're kind of playing through your whole mind like, I know what it costs to get the, you can give me this for how much, what's, what's the catch? Right? We live in a what's the catch culture. What, what, what you trying to get from me? What are you trying to do? I remember I was young and dumb, 20 years old, put my name in, into this uh, little thing where you could get a cruise. I, <laughs> see, y'all are laughing because y'all know where I'm going with this mess. Yeah, I put it in there thinking, oh, I could really win this when they just getting your information. <laughs> oh, marketing 101. I got you now. Y'all ain't never get my information ever. No, but it was like I put name in, you know, filled it out. A couple weeks later, I get this call. Is this Mr. Ware? Yes, it is. This is so-and-so from the, the vacation cruises. I want to let you know that you and one other person have won a free cruise, an all-expense-paid cruise trip to the, to, 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 to the Bahamas, and you are going to be going. It's going to be awesome. Da, 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 da. And she started just going into all of the stuff that we got, and, and literally, I was excited because... I mean, I, I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. I've never been on, like, a real vacation. This is going to be my first time. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, it, it, it was just one of those things. I was too stupid to realize, yeah, this is too good to be true. And then they got into sort of the details of it, and they got into, oh, uh, by the way, it's going to be $120 administrative cost per person. Then it was going to be a boarding fee. Then there was going to be a baggage charge. And, oh, oh by the way, you've got to fly down to Florida. And when I was playing the math here, I was like, yo, this trip is going to cost me the price of a vacation. By the time I get down, down there, and really what it, what it was is it sounded really, really great. But when you really dug into the details, it was almost like, yep, this was too good to be true. Do you know what sometimes we look at as being too good to be true? And that, that's God's love. We can almost have this God's love is this whole concept. What's the catch? Like, is, is this too good to be true? Because honestly, whenever you check out Scripture and you kind of just go through this whole book, God's Word here, I believe the theme that we see from, from Genesis to Revelation is this whole theme that God loves us. Like, God genuinely and sincerely loves us. And I'm just going to give you a few scriptures, and there are so many that I could give, but it will take this whole service. So here's the, I just want to give you three. First off, John, John 3, 16, all of us know here, for God so what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever, everyone say whoever. whoever. That word in, in Greek means whoever. 
So we can't write no one off, fam. We can't write no one off and be like, oh, look at them. They look that, that way. They ain't got a shot. Do you know who, what they do when they're not at church? Yeah, they ain't got a shot. God believes in people. He loves people. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 8, 38 and 39 tells us this. For I am convinced, this, this right here is Paul, is Paul talking. He says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Let me tell you, I don't know who you are, but God's love is not too good to be true. And let me tell you why. The Greek word that the scripture uses to describe God's love is this word agape. Everyone say agape. Agape is an unconditional love. Meaning it's not, tra- it's not transactional. It's not we do something and then God loves us. We take this step of giving God money, giving God time, giving God a burnt offering, a sacrifice, and then that transaction earns for us or gives us God's love. Unconditional means it don't even matter what you do. It, it doesn't matter that you haven't kept all of God's laws. He says his love for us is unconditional. Now, here, here's the thing. It's hard for us to grasp that. Let's just call it like it is. Like it's really, really hard in our finite minds, in our world that is a transaction culture, Right? contract transaction culture because typically only those that love us are those that we love those that we do something for are the ones that actually love us very rarely do you see somebody love us when we don't do anything for them so what we do is we project man's type of love onto god and we say well if man is like this if people are like this then this is exactly the way god must love us, but we've got to, to see, we typically have conditional love, but God's love goes beyond our love into an unconditional love that loves us in spite of if we receive it or if we don't, if we do good or if we don't, and we've got to see that deep down, the identity that we have that has been given to us is that we are loved by God. And there's, see, here's, here's, here's the thing, right? The, the gospel, the whole thing of Jesus is this whole idea of you can't earn it. Okay? Ephesians 2. This is Paul talking here. He says, as for you, he's talking to this church he planted. He said, as for you, you were dead. Okay? So let's not, he didn't say you were bad. There's a huge difference between dead and bad. Okay? He didn't say you were a bad person. He said you were a dead person, meaning your spirit, apart from Jesus, was dead. Meaning that because of your sin, because you have willfully 
turned your back on God and sinned, did what you wanted to do, and not did what God requires, you were dead in your transgressions. Can you put it back up here, man? I, I got a confidence monitor now. It gives you a lot more conf confidence. When it's not there, I don't have a lot of confidence. So I <laughs> got the confidence monitor here. So if you see me looking, looking down, I got something helping me, all right, because I need help, all right? It says, as for you were dead in your transgressions and, and sins, and what we've got to, to really see, Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive, right? The gospel isn't this, you are a bad person. If you do enough good stuff, then you'll be counted as being this good person. You ask so many people, how do you expect to get to heaven? Oh, just, just be good. What is good? Who defines good? What is good? What's the baseline for it? I don't know. So then you're God. You, you're the one that makes what is good then. No, but he says, as for you, you just weren't bad. You were dead. Dead people don't move. Dead people can't make decisions. Dead people are dead. He says, you were dead in your churches in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We've got to understand, guys, sin, when we've turned our backs on God, we deserve wrath. We deserve, we deserve hell. We, we deserve the worst. Why? Because I think we can so, so many times minimize the offense that we've given God. He's perfect. We're not, and really, I believe this, that until we realize the depth of our sin, there won't be a love that flows out of us because we don't realize the true depth of what we've been saved from. But because, I love but, it's a big but, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Meaning this, there is not enough good works, money, time, talent, treasure, uh, whatever you can give to God for you to earn anything. It is not achieved. His love is not achieved. His love needs to be simply received. And for some of you, this is so hard to get because you live in this culture that says achieve, 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 do this, and then you'll, you'll have this. And you've been duped, y'all. Our culture has duped you saying, just do these things and you'll achieve this great identity. We have a whole world that's out there looking for love. I, I joked about it the other day. I think Lacey and I, we were talking just how people act out their need for love in so many different ways. You see girls out there wearing nothing. I'm like, yo, what you trying to get? Like, you hurting. You know, they, they think they're hot. I'm like, they hurt. I'm like, that is not, like, that is a dead-end alley looking for love. Guys out there trying to, have, trying to just get girls, just trying to get the next piece, looking for love inside of their soul. Does how many pieces they get? They will never be satisfied because they have an insatiable desire inside of them for a love that goes beyond the here and the now. They were created in God's 
image, in God's likeness, and God is love, so we're created for love, and here is the truth. If we don't live from God's love, we will live for this world's love, and we'll find love in all the wrong places. We'll say that one more time. If we don't live from God's love, we'll live for this world's love, and then we'll end up finding love in all the wrong places. God's love was meant to fill the deep need and deep void we have in our souls for love. I don't care who you are, how big, bad you are, how big, how many muscles you have, how hard you think you are, how together you think you've got it inside of your heart of hearts, you know you need love. And until you fill that deep need you have with God's love, you're constantly going to just be using people and things to fill a void in your heart. And here's the thing, if you, don't have, if you don't accept and live from God's love, you'll use people and things to fill that void. They will fill a void, that they, or they will try to fill a void that they were never meant to carry. That's why you have got marriage problems. Because you are trying to have your wife, husband, be your savior. And they were never meant to be that. They were meant to be somebody you love and serve and honor. But because you're trying to use them to fill a need, they were never meant to carry. God's love comes into our hearts and gives us a love that gives us security. We don't live for God's love. What we simply do is we live from it. We do not achieve God's love. We live from it. Now, the truth is this here, is that a lot of us look at God's love the wrong way. We look at it as, as just being, you know, acceptance and tolerance. We think, okay, God's love is something that I can take and receive, and then because he loves me, I can just go and do whatever I want, right? That is kind of the way many times we, we look at God's love, and because God loves us, he would never disagree with what we're doing, right? We can be like, oh, God loves me, and because God loves me. But there's a certain way that I call living loved. What does it look like for us to live from God's love instead of for God's love, and we live like we are loved first off? If you got those, those, those notes, Laurent, I need the confidence monitor, brother. <laughs> first off, we live we live boldly. There is a security that comes from knowing there's nothing you could do to lose something. Let me say that one more time. There is a deep security that, that happens to us, a boldness that empowers us to live boldly when we know there's nothing we could do to lose something. Let me tell you this. There's nothing you could do to ever make God love you less or make God love you more. You simply receive it and live from it. And that gives us a boldness. 1 John 4.19 says this. There is, or excuse me, 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in 
love. Imagine living from God's love and you being able to live with a confidence and boldness knowing I could never, ever, ever lose this love from God. What a foundation you would live with. I have seen people, you've seen people live not loved, but then if you see people that live bold and secure in God's love, I don't know about you, but it gives me this sort of empowerment feeling knowing that I could do anything. There's nothing that could separate me from God's love. Nothing. What if you today lived boldly from God's love? Instead of being in constant fear, I'm going to lose it. Here's the deal. God's love is the constant that we need in our up and downs. Because here's the bottom line. Y'all, we're all up and down. God loves me. God hates me. I hate myself. I hate him. I hate them. I hate everybody. When it's like God's love is the constant that we need to live from so we can love others. God's love empowers you to live boldly. Secondly, God's love, God's love helps us to live within boundaries. Got to understand, guys, like in God's love, he provides boundaries for us. And I know we can sometimes think, even Satan did this. We, we talked about last week in, in Genesis chapter 3. He made Adam and Eve think that God was holding something back from them because he simply told them, don't eat from this tree because I know what will happen. And Satan said, man, God, he, he don't weed, man. Don't worry about him. Yo, this is what you need to do. You need to. He's just holding something back from you. No, but what God knew is God knew people, man, man, we needed boundaries to live within. We needed guidelines. We needed guardrails. And that's why scripture, that, that, is, that is why we have been given this book. Now, some of y'all look at this book and just think it's a big boxing glove. Like this Bible is just meant to beat you up and tell you how bad you are, or just how much you mess up, and, and, and it's just telling you how bad everything in your life is, how bad it's going to be. When this book, it, it is literally guidelines for us that tells us what God's character is, who God is, and helps us know what God requires of us. Why? Because the bottom line is this, he knows best. I can't tell you how many times my mom, dude, this was crazy. Like, I remember so many times I started dating this crazy girl when I was 15 years old. And my mom knew from this get she wasn't good. It's because mom's got that discernment. You know moms. moms. Mom's got that inward discernment thing going on where they can just look at someone, size them up, and be like, nope. You ain't dating my son. And I will never forget my mom, man, like, and, and I was fighting, I, I was, I, I was 15, and me, I was sheltered growing up, and I mean, I couldn't eat Lucky Charms, because of the daggone leprechaun on the box, I couldn't eat Count Dracula, because of the vampire on the, on, the, on the box, we were watching crazy rapture movies, scaring the literal hell out of us, and I mean, it was just crazy, like, and then when, you know, 15 years old, I was like, yo, I want to, I want to have a girlfriend, I want to do, do things, and, and you know what, she... She fought it, and she fought it, and she fought it, and then she finally simply said, okay, okay, do your thing, but let me tell you what's going to happen. And she literally lifted off, or she listed off three or four things, and was like, hey, um, give it a few months. I was like, whatever, mom. You don't know what it's like to be a teenager. I remember telling her that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't know what it's like to be a teenager. I was an idiot. But I remember eight months later when that relationship took a nosedive and I was battered, bruised, broken. Um, I remember being like, all right, Mom. You, you were right, but what was she trying to do? She was trying to provide me some guidelines. She was trying to provide me some guardrails. Why? Because she knew best. She had been there, done that. Like, she knew how people are. She, she knew what being a teenager was like. She was trying to provide those boundaries for us, and that's what God does to us. He provides boundaries for us, not because he wants to keep us from things, but because of his what? Because of his love. When you live love, you embrace God's boundaries. When you live loved from God's love, you embrace his boundaries, not as restrictions, but you see them as being love. Love has got to have boundaries. We've got to trust more in God's character than our circumstance. Okay? We've got to trust more in God's character that I know God's character towards me is love. We, we can we can check this book out all day. We can see all of, all of these scriptures. We're talking about God's love, God's love, God's love. And we've got to understand that beyond what is happening in and in front of us right now, our circumstance, we've got to know that God's ultimate character above our circumstance is his love for us. And that you are loved. And if you are loved, you live loved. You, you do what? You embrace the boundaries that God gives, not as restrictions, but as saying, God, I'm going to trust you that you know best about all of these different areas of life beyond what culture tells us is okay, beyond what CNN tells us is okay, beyond what news media tells us is okay. We're going to live by the standard of God's word and what he says and what he requires from us. Lastly, though, to live from love, you have to start at the cross. I could camp out here for a day. You know, unfortunately, I think so many Christians look at, look at the cross as something we graduate from. It's like, okay, yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross. Let me get something a little more spiritual. And uh, I think that's so dangerous. I'm not sure Chris or, 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 or some of us, you can come up in and, and start playing. Um, but to truly live from love, we've got to start with and at the cross of Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.16 tells us this. And this is the 2 John 3.16. The 1 John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This is 1 John 3, 16, and it tells us this. This is how we know what love is. So let's make sure we're basing our definition of what love is from what is about to be said. Not what dictionary.com tells us. But let us base our definition of love from what is about to be said. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So let, let's just stop right there.
I know in church we like to, you know, try to dive into deep spiritual truths, principles, and all of these things. But literally, if we miss the cross and what love came from that cross, we miss everything. Paul said this, you could have all the spiritual gifts that could do amazing things. You could heal the sick. You could speak in tongues. You could even die on the stake as a daggone martyr in the flames. But if you do not have love, Scripture tells us this, you are nothing. You're nothing. So we've got to start with this definition. I don't know what's going on. Lights here outside, though. Jesus still loves us. We'll still have church. If I'm preaching in the dark, just know somebody's talking to you, okay? <laughs> I am the voice. This is God. <laughs> it's a church plant, y'all. It's a church plant life here. Anything could happen. Be ready. But the cross of Jesus Christ, if we're going to know what love is and we're going to live from love, we have to consistently keep the cross before us. And know when, when we look at the cross, we see what sacrifice is. That the, we see what taking the blame is. We see what grace is. We see patience. We see what patience is. When we look at the cross, we see the definition of what love is. And my prayer today, and here's the thing, I can't preach this into you. I can't like bang you in the head with a daggone hammer and threaten you or, or anything like that. All I can do is pray that the Holy Spirit would in your heart and in your mind give you a fresh revelation of God's love that comes from the cross, that, that comes from the cross. This is how we know what love is. And then he says this, as we define and know what love is from the cross, then that says, then we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, meaning the love we have for others is a direct correlation, I'm blind, is a direct correlation is what? The empowerment we need then to love others. What if our world lived in light of the cross? And said, so if, if that's what love is, it's sacrificing, it is the strong sacrificing themselves for what? The weak? It is the sinless dying for the sinful? It is the guiltless dying for the guilty? I think a lot of our problems, a lot of our world issues, a lot of our community issues, a lot of our personal issues, because the real, the real problem is in our hearts. The real problem's there. How would it all look differently if, if we, instead of saying this love is too good to be true, said we're going to receive this love and live from this love. And then from this love that we have received, we're going to love others I know this until we get this right nothing else nothing else matters scripture tells us that I don't care how talented gifted rich whatever you are if you miss this you miss it all so my encouragement heart for you is this you need to know that you are loved y'all you are loved. There's not nothing you achieve. 
we simply receive. You were dead, he gave you the opportunity to be alive. Romans 8 says there's nothing that, that can separate us. But here's the, you know, I don't want to go against the Bible because it's the Bible and I believe it's God's word, stuff like that. But I think there's almost one thing that can separate us from God's love, and that's us. We can say no to it. We can say, we're, we're good, God, I got this. God loves you. He wants to love you. He wants to meet that need you have in your heart. He wants to give you, stamp on you this identity. You are loved. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Father, we pray right now for every person here that only you know what's going on. Only you know each person's heart, what's going on in people's hearts, minds, thoughts. But ultimately, God, we know this. Only, only you can reveal to someone how much you love them. So I pray for every heart here that is struggling even with this concept of your love. I pray that they would know it is not too good to be true. They would start to live from it and not for it. They would start to just receive it instead of thinking that it's something to be achieved. And God, I pray they would look to your cross, embrace your boundaries, and live boldly in light of the fact of it has been stamped on them because of your work that they are loved. Really, really quick, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you just say, John, man, I just, we're gonna give everyone here the opportunity of, if you say, John, I wanna say yes to God's love again. Maybe you have been in church, out of church, maybe you're here because somebody dragged, dragged you here, mom just dragged you here, and you're just like, all right, mom, I'll go to church. Whatever reason that you're here today, but you wanna say yes to God's love. And what that is simply saying is, is I want to receive what Jesus did on the cross. That's how we know what, what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. Like, if you wanna receive that love from him today, maybe for the first time, maybe for the second, third, fourth, fifth time, maybe you just know you have been doing your own thing and you wanna come back and you wanna say, I wanna stop living for myself and I wanna start living from God's love for me. We're just gonna pray, I'm gonna pray and what I'm gonna ask and what I'm going to simply ask you to do is simply repeat after me, everyone here, all of us is gonna join in with, with everyone here praying this prayer, whether it's your first time, third time, 50th time, whatever, we're gonna to pray together and we're gonna to receive God's love and, and I believe this, if you pray this with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and you believe it from the core of who you are, I believe your life will never be the same, that your life will be changed and you'll see things from a new perspective. And you'll see God's love in a fresh and new way from the cross. Everybody repeat this, repeat this after me. Jesus, I receive your love today. Thank you that when I was dead, you came and gave me life. Thank you for the cross. By it we see what true love is. And I received that love today. It's not too good to be true. I will live boldly within boundaries and in light of the cross. Jesus, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Lifehouse family, we just give it up real quick for anyone that said that prayer today for the first time. Listen, if you did say that, meant it for the first time second third fourth time look we want to come alongside you you have started a brand new journey of following god god's love of living in light and for god's love and
and look, we want to come alongside you right after service, right as we're going to let out here. Next Steps booth. Go out there really, really quick. We simply want to give you a Bible, talk to you really, really quick, and get to know who you are and help you along this brand new journey of living from God's love. Can we all stay in Lifehouse family? We're going to sing, worship. We're just going to simply respond to God, to God's word. And, and look, we know this. We have been loved. Today is, is a day, man, moms are just full of just love, but it's, it's not just their love, it's God's love for us. We're going to celebrate that today. Let's sing, worship, and thank God for his great love for us.